Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men older than man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the dam. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder. Pirates of the Caribbean builds one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from ScottArtist.com. And I'm Heather Artist from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us as we wag our tails for Minute 91 to Dead Man's Chest. Wow. That's a in-studio reference to Froggy, who was just wagging her tail <laughs> while we were sitting here. She was excited for pirate action. Wow. Exactly. Good job, Froggy. You know, and I was almost going to forget something. It's Monday. That means it's Pirate Word of the Week, and I almost completely forgot about it. And I would have called you on it. I know you would have. So, Pirate Word of the Week? Ahoy there, scallywags. Pirate Word of the Week in 5, 4, 3, 2, yar. Boneheaded. Meaning... So, you're doing a little self-reflection over there? Oh, no. What are you, pointing at me? How dare you? <laughs> meaning, That's just rude. Meaning thick-headed, dull, and stupid. And that's from the pirate lingo, huh? Yes. It's actually from Treasure Island. Oh, really? Yeah. I wonder if that's... Did it originate in Treasure Island? Really? I got myself uh, curious here. Because this is the kind of stuff that I would bring to this show. Long John Silver said, Billy Bones, you are as boneheaded as a backwards blowfish. Oh, okay. I'm going to roll with it for now, and I'm going to just assume that it maybe is from Treasure Island. Yeah, go ahead. Probably somewhere else, but we'll, we'll just go with that for now. Just save Heather's face. To save face. In the previous minute? Well, damn it. This is one of those minutes where I have nothing for a pithy recap here. Even a non-pithy comment. It happens every now and then, you know. Sometimes I got me some stuff, and then on the rare occasion, uh, it's simply like a blank slate. There's empty space upstairs, if you want to call it that. The hamster at the wheel is sleeping, you know. This is that minute recap. That's where I don't really have anything. Maybe I got wrapped up in a bootstraps non-apology from the last minute, you know? Sorry, not sorry, I abandoned you. Because I really did want to go pirating. (laughs) But bootstrap, come on, man. You really go all out on making amends thing here, don't you? I mean, really. And then pulls a sorry, not sorry. Yeah. And then you double down on the non-apology, too. And you don't owe me anything. Let me throw that in for, like, a (laughs) cherry on top. Well, Bootstrap, the Captain Obvious Turner, no kidding. Of course he doesn't owe you anything. There, covered my lack of creativity with a mini rant. We'll just call it that. <laughs> Minute 91 begins with the tension building as Will is preparing to leave. He tells Bootstrap, now take this with a promise. I'll find a way to sever Jones's hold on you. But he said it more eloquently than me. <laughs> the minute ends with Gibbs talking to Elizabeth and Jack. Only one reason for that, Sparrow replies. Of course, he wants the chest. Elizabeth adds her thoughts. Yes, he did say something about a chest. Gibbs comes back with, 
if the company controls the dot dot dot. <sighs> you know, actually, I forgot to mention something because we've had some great picks recently on our Cursed Listeners group Facebook group over the last few days. Usually, I would include that kind of in the intro, and I just rolled right into Pirate Word previous. That's because you were worried so. you were going to forget it. I was. That's exactly what happened. But yeah, I did end up sharing those photos of the Universal Studios Little Europe backlot, as well as the fake Pirates of the Caribbean six poster in the Good Places bad place that's hope a that, shocker hope that makes sense and it's my business if a certain listener had to remind me to do so or not <laughs> that's my business that is none of your business <laughs> so listen to episode 90 of dead man's chest for the backstory on all that stuff but more importantly adam liebrick johnson was subbing in for a youth orchestra and what popped up on that uh agenda that roster that I can't think of what, like, a music program. Damn it. <laughs> what the hell would that be called? Well, shoot. Would Comple- it be, pro- be called a program? Maybe a program. I, I'm, I'm completely blanking on that. But, yeah, it's a Pirates of the Caribbean medley showed up when he was doing that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Perfect timing. Very cool. So he sent a shot of the sheet music to us, said, oh, yeah, look at this. And Adam's a musician, member of the world-famous Poxy Boggers, and Clan Dark Sail in Southern California. So you can check him out and them, I guess, on that little-known site called Facebook. One day it'll catch on. But yeah, you can check him out on Facebook. Thanks for clarifying. And then, of course, Cynthia and friend were all dressed up to the Renaissance Fair 9s, looking great at the mid-Michigan Renaissance Fair in Vassar. Based on the photo, it's a hell of a spot for a fair, though, too. Looks like it's straight out of Sherwood Forest. That's awesome. That was my comment to her, because the setting is incredible. It's all forested and nice. And then meanwhile, here in NorCal, Northern California for Heather, you know, we have our festivals in treeless open landscapes, baking our freaking scallywags off in the blazing heat. We had a waterway. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the NorCal Pirate Festival, though, is right on the water. So that was nice. It was pleasant this year with the weather. Yeah. But oftentimes, you know what I'm saying, we're baking our faces off. Well... And I did post a video of the ship to shore battle that took place. I think I mentioned that before, but yep. yeah, that was there. And then speaking of the Pirate Festival, Rick Lovey shared a photo of him as Captain Jack Sparrow. I was talking about him last time. Hmm, yeah. So he shared the posed Jack Sparrow on a ship thing going on there, entertaining oh, very the cool. thousands of fans that came to the festival. That's awesome. And I mentioned last time that he's spot on and involved with Pirates of the Silver Realm. So there you go. They're also on that little known site called Facebook. But as much as I can say how authentic many of our listeners are, you know, authenticity. Yes. There's something in this minute that caught my attention, thanks to a comment of co-host Heather over there. <laughs> as she leaned over my shoulder while I was watching the minute. Because we usually don't watch this stuff together. No, we, we watch do it separately. It, yeah, yeah. Because I do the deep analysis, and then she glances at it right before the show. You also watch it on a bigger screen than That's what I she do. Said. That's true. And what'd you say? Give us the gist of what you said. <laughs> About what? Will? Uh, yeah, about Will. <laughs> Looks like he's looking for his lines. Yeah, that's right. I mean, because the way that's going on. And that's what caught my attention. Because you're so right. It looks like he's got caught trying to get the lines. Yeah. And it reminded me of this show. Perhaps some of you have seen it. <laughs> it's all the way back in the 90s. I think it aired around the same time that the Andy Griffith show aired. All those years ago, if I know my TV history correctly. Back in the 90s? That's how long ago it seems. <laughs> 60s, 90s. It's all years upon years ago now. Wow. But friends. Yeah, 90s that's what I'm were talking yesterday. About. What are you talking about? It's sad that this is what I remember from the show. Joey. <laughs> talking about acting. 
<laughs> giving tips, drops the ball on us with his technique called smell the fart acting. <laughs> and that is it. Damn it, Joey. <laughs> Will is doing it here. He's trying to remember his lines, and it looks like bootstrap might be a little smelly. <laughs> and I bet he watched Friends and said, that is a great move. I could use that as I'm growing up and to be an actor and all that and acting. Maybe smell- on the set of Lord of the Rings, Legolas kind of thing here. Smell the fart acting. Yeah, I could use it one day in a Pirates movie, perhaps. <laughs> smell the fart acting. Now, I'm never actually going to be able to see this scene again without visualizing that's, Joey sitting there. That's ah, exactly Joey. That was exactly my thoughts when I'm seeing him there paused and he's kind of looking like... Yeah, that that's what I thought was Joey and smelling the fart acting. That's what's going on. It's totally the first thought that came into my mind. Well, I called it and I saw it. Smell acting or not, though, he does deliver. Yes. He delivers a good performance. His nostrils are giving a great performance. <laughs> but he also drops a bitch lap of sorts on his father there, too. Yeah, what the heck? That's bootstrap, by the way. Because his dad is ready to throw in the towel. Take the punishment kind of deal. Not that he has a choice, really. But for helping Will escape with the key, that kind of stuff. But Will chimes in with essentially, take this as a promise I won't abandon you like you abandoned me. Yeah. That's kind of what he's saying. That's rather crazy. Just after their touching father and son moment. Exactly. What's up with that? And what about Elizabeth? Seems like he reverted a bit to his childhood to try and please his father when his main goal was to save Elizabeth. Mm, Yes. Oh, I forgot about Elizabeth. His father's back in his life. And Elizabeth and him are a little rocky. Really? Because she has the hots for Captain Sparrow. She didn't marry him. There's an issue right there. In Will's mind, he's starting to go, what the hell's going on there? Or is he just thinking, hey, it's like a bonus when I save Elizabeth that I can also save my Mm. dad, Bootstrap. Maybe. Or maybe it's more about this, maybe the last time I actually see my father, so maybe I'm going to give him some hope. Keep hope alive. When most likely that'll never happen or is like such a low chance of succeeding that I don't want to crush his spirit. At least not in front of me. I'll give him that hope to to go on the Dutchman with. I'm going to rub it in his face that he left me, but I'm not going to leave him. Yeah, exactly. But then I'll never come back for him? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Yeah. Or not that he won't come back, but that the chances are so low of Will succeeding and actually breaking and severing the tie with Davy Jones. Hmm. That he's just saying this is kind of lip service and he hopes that it happens. But this could very well be the last time he ever sees his dad. So he's going to give him that like nugget to hold on to. Okay. So he doesn't fall into the wyvern state of things. Of kind of remembering, not really, just fading into the ship. But it looks like it's... It does look like it moves bootstrap a bit. Maybe guilty a bit? I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah. He's doing what I couldn't do as like, far as bootstrap goes. Maybe it's his pride. Maybe he's thinking like, oh, Will's a better man than I could ever be. That's my son. I don't know. Because he even lingers a bit with the sad face as Will walks off. Gives right. us that transition to a new scene. Almost like he doesn't know what to say to that. Well, he's saying you know. to himself, damn it, I, I screwed the pooch on this well, one. Well, yeah. I left him for piracy. Look where it got me. Skeletal man. Then dropped in the ocean. Now I'm on the Dutchman. That was a really poor choice. Yeah. And then Will comes back to save me. I couldn't save him. So he's, he's trying to make it up for him. But Will just really levies a hard-handed backhand he does. thing. he does. 
And I don't think he does it on purpose. I think Will is genuine. But it just comes off in that kind of setting. Yeah. After Bootstrap just freaking said, yeah, kind of cared about you, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to go pirating. Right. What the hell? Bootstrap? Come on. And I say it every time because I'm talking about the transition when Will walks off. But what comes next is spectacular. Because if you don't like sailing shots, A, you're no pirate. B, you're no fan of swashbucklers. Because <laughs> I swear, it's just instantly revives a sense of freedom when I see that. A sense of adventure. Just seeing vessels on the open ocean like that. Tall ships. I'm not talking, you know, like cruise ships. I don't go, oh, God, if I could only just be manhandling us out in the open ocean, a cruise ship. <laughs> I'm talking tall ships. I'm talking sailing vessels. Just seeing them on the open ocean. That just stirs, like, something in me. Well, it's the shot of the Black Pearl is just awesome. Yeah, it is. Because you get some of the details. You see the patchwork and all yeah. that. You know, all the work they've done on the ship. And Keep you get going. to see the... Well, that's one good point is that the sails were tattered in the previous movie. Yeah. Now they're all patched up. Right. With canvas that they found elsewhere. That's why it doesn't match the black sails. Look what Jack's done since he got his ship back. Actually, was... He put it back together. Were the sails patched at the end of Curse of the Black Pearl when they had it back? Or were they still... That I don't remember. I can't believe it. I'm going to let myself down and the audience down. I'm going to have to go revisit that. I don't think they're patched. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember I think now. they're still tattered. We'll have to look. But is it just me or is this like ingrained in most people, this sense of freedom when you see ships yeah. out in the ocean like that? Because when I see tall ships sailing, it has like that nostalgic, I make my own destiny, I'm free to roam, not tied down by that, well, I was going to say constraints of society, but I think it's more appropriate to say... The ball and chain in my life. <laughs> ah! <laughs> really? What? Talking about society. Really? Constraints on society. Very, very interesting. Does everyone feel that? Does everyone feel my pain strapped to a ball and chain? I mean, society. I mean, does everybody get a sense of what I'm talking about here? The cinematography is really good to try and change the subject. But really, am I the only one who gets like that weird vibe or that like, I want to be free vibe with that? Not Dang it, this is not... You can come too. Sure. You can... I was going to say something derogatory, but I'll get in trouble with the listeners. So, yeah. Do you get that nostalgic vibe? <laughs> you then? just decided to drop it. Yeah, because I was going into Davy Jones's locker. God. But it's always, like, in these types of movies with the sailing shots, that's what it brings up. It does bring up that sense of adventure, that lifestyle. I don't know. Just seems interesting. Yeah. But it's it's almost like it's instinctual feelings and emotions that pop up. It makes me wonder just how like entwined we are with exploration as a species. Mm. Something many of us have trouble finding these days and being able to do. Not that it can't be done. It just seems to happen that way now. It's just life gets in the way. Yeah, you can't just go out roaming. Well, no. Not it's a for bit long. More difficult these days. It's not impossible. People do it. They make movies about People that have documentaries that have just like dropped things and went off into the wild. Yeah. And then they find out that they're eaten by grizzly bears. <laughs> but it's like saying, I long for the simpler times, but knowing also that it wasn't really simple. Never was. No. But it's freeing. It was rough and stinky. And disease ridden. Anyways, as I wallow in my sailing dreams, that's what, that's what I was thinking of with the shots. That shot of the Black Pearl. Speaking of the Black Pearl... Is Norrington swabbing the deck with his wig? Yeah, because 
That's what I wanted to do here. Because Norrington seems to be listening in with things while he's swabbing and scrubbing the deck. Perhaps he's plotting his revenge. But that's his wig. Because I had no idea what it was at first. I thought it was some kind of fur of an animal. <laughs> Until I saw a bow and I took a closer look and it's like, ah, that's his <laughs> wig. So is he just like, oh, here, I'll grab my wigs in my pocket. Just so I can listen in on the conversation. It needed to be cleaned anyways. Well, it that looks it cleaner did. than it, it does. Did. Yeah. So it's working. But yeah, he's wrecking his wig. That he is. Thought it was a nice touch. And he's cleaned up. So I'm good and You're glad good? to see that. From Commodore to Deckhand, he's really moving up in the world. <laughs> From a storytelling perspective, it's a wise choice to give us the Norrington is spying routine. Right. Because it sets things up for future plot elements. What do you talk about, Willis? I'm just saying. If something were to happen, this is kind of setting it up. Especially mm. since the way it's cut with the conversation between Jack, Elizabeth, and Gibbs. Because before we see them talking, we get the audio of the conversation and then the Beckett name drop. That's what piques Norrington's interest here. We see him look up as if he filed that tidbit away for later use. Do you really think Elizabeth is part of that conversation? Or is she more just like a third wheel that's chiming in? Are you kidding me? A, you're using my notes, obviously. I didn't see Quit your notes. stealing my notes. But no, we're not past Norrington yet. So how dare oh. you? Well, you mentioned it. I'm going to get there. And talking about third wheel, you're stealing my notes. I didn't steal your notes. Because it appears, let me just say this. It appears like innocuous now for Norrington. It's like he's just irritated and pissed he's swabbing the deck with a wig he earned. And it's kind of emblematic of his place in society, the wig. Now it's his downfall. It's a reminder of his constant, Mm. I was there, but now I'm not. Yeah. But he's paying attention and not just going to like sit and stand back, but he's going to like try and claw his way back up the ladder again. Right. I don't think he's paying attention to what he's doing. I think he's paying attention to the conversation. Exactly. And then... Because that's the only reason he's right there. Well, there's some other people that are Yeah, but they're using the actual stones that they use to swap the deck. He's using a wig. Part of Norrington's downfall. And it's a tongue-in-cheek moment for a Disney movie. Let's Swap the deck, matey, and use that damn wig. Yeah. There's no room for those wigs on this vessel. Because there's also a dude scrubbing the deck against the grain back there. Well, that's weird. He doesn't know what he's doing. Others going with the grain, and this dude is shaking up the process. He's just going to cause splinters. Seems counterintuitive to scrub against the grain. Then again, I'm not a sailor. <laughs> I really just play one on the show, but I'm really not. Not a deck Doesn't scrubber. Doesn't that just cause splinters and stuff? I don't know, because we Scratches talked about it before, wood. and from what I've read, the whole idea of scrubbing the deck, swabbing it, is kind of idle hands remedy. Yeah. And then it's also, like, the frequent scrubbing with salt water preserves the wood, like, keeps moss and mold and all this other mm. stuff from growing there, and then it frees it of splinters and keeps the planks swelled so the deck doesn't leak. There you go. But against the grain? No, I don't know. We're going to have to have a sailor way You're not supposed to in. do anything against the grain. Isn't that a Garth Brooks song? <laughs> yeah. It's almost gonna, it's just like popping into my mind. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but I heard, and some people were asking in forums, this is, and this is, this is what happens when I see this stuff. I start deep diving and all of a sudden I'm in forums and I'm reading through stuff. And then pretty soon, five hours later, I don't have an answer. But yeah, I've read all kinds of responses to things about, <laughs> what do you do with teak decks? Do you scrub them? Do you not? Do you do it against the grain? Some people heard that you do. Others are saying, what the hell are you doing? You don't swab or scrub a teak deck. 
Yeah. Wow. But in the end, I had no answer. So there we go. I don't know. So I'm without answers on that one. But you're right, because I'm going to read my note to pretend like I'm the one who came up with this. Is it me or is Elizabeth a third wheel? Really? (laughs) That was my note. That's verbatim from my notes. She's like chiming in and they're talking to one another, not her. In fact, they give her a dirty look at one point in time. Well, she seems to be playing goalie by trying to keep the conversation in a way that moves things forward to saving Will, but also trying to deflect any deals or suspicion that Will is like a double agent working for Beckett here. Yeah. Or not really a double agent, but has made a side deal with Beckett. Because, I mean, they do deduce... Do to do. Actually, they jump to the conclusion. Jump to the conclusion. I like that better. Do to do. Do to do. I don't like. Well, anyways, conclusion jumping. (laughs) After reading the letters of Mark that she brought, but she tries to interject a couple of times. Plays off this naive. Oh, he did mention a chest. It's like they're listening, anyways, to her, but they're not listening. Right. It's like the 18th century stereotype that. Guys talking, the woman there, it's like, hey, honey, the men are talking here. Right. And when she does say something, it's not really acknowledged, but they do hear it because they incorporate it into what they're saying. Man, I swear. It's like an A and B conversation, so she needs to see her way out of it. <laughs> I've never heard that saying. Seriously? No. Well, blow me down. Really? So it's like part of the... There's more to it, but... It's like part of the... Like the the 98% of stuff I don't know that falls within the 2% that I've never heard that You've saying. You've rev- really never, yeah, never heard, heard that, that before. Wow. It's the first on the show. There you go. Wow. You, you've almost brought something new to the show. I can't believe you've never heard that. No. <laughs> Interesting. Unless I have, but I go, why would I want to remember this? But it's with all the sense. stuff I do remember that... Would be amazing if I hadn't. No, yeah, I mean, I that know. seems like something you would say. This is an A and B conversation. You can see your way out of it. That's what they're doing. Uh huh. Okay, I have to give you props and a bravo <laughs> for that. You have now officially enlightened me with a new what idiom? No, it's more like a phrase. It's a see. I've lost a lot of things. Today. The internet calls it a joke, but okay, a joke. You've taught me a joke, but it's a good dynamic for the time period, though. I mean, it fits with the time period. Yeah. I mean, there's winches in Not this movie. Not listening to the woman. What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> Fits with this time period also. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I know. Believe me. Oh, I usually have a watch that tells me when you're talking. It like vibrates. Yeah. It goes, oh no, I picked up her voice. She's talking. I better yeah. try and pay attention. But like I said, it is good fitting with the times I'll, as much as I can kind of pretend that it would be or think that it would be. But it shows also Elizabeth's a cunning pirate. Like she's playing them. Like Jack did to Will and others. They all have their own agendas and that's the tie that binds their stories together. Yeah. They all have their own separate goals. But they need each other to help get to the end. And how many takes was this while they were filming this? I have no clue. She's like smirking and everything. Dang, are you kidding me? (laughs) Really? How many notes... Of mine, did you steal and look at? None. That's my question. Because she seems to be smirking a bit here. Like this back and forth has been carrying on and she's just on the verge of cracking a smile. Well, yeah, because if they, I mean, even a couple takes, she'd be cracking up because they're pretty much ignoring her here. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. That they keep talking back and forth and ignoring her and she 
is just sitting there like, this is ridiculous. And she's starting to smile. Right. Like, break character. Because what I really like about this entire scene is that Elizabeth just continues to show her chops as a pirate. Yeah. A strategist. Because she comes into her own and it's like this great character arc that we've seen over the two movies alone. Like when we first met her on the Dauntless as a little girl fascinated by piracy and pirates. Then she kind of goes from that to calling out Parley. Uh-huh. The pirate code. All that. And then all of a sudden now she's actually a pirate. She's strategizing. She's using others now to get what she wants and doing that. Yeah. So she's just fitting right in with everybody else. But she still has that ability to play kind of that naive, I can just hang back here a little bit and people kind of just gloss over me at certain points because I am maybe the woman or just because they don't think I'm a pirate yeah. or whatever it would be, you name it, Yeah. at this stage. And then when later on, I'm imagining, because we haven't got there yet, but be like, oh, she really is a good pirate. Well, she's a woman. And it's all, I just wait for Norrington almost to sit there. How dare you? <laughs> That's your reason? <laughs> yeah. And like for Norrington to go something to the effect of, that is the best pirate I've ever seen. And it's almost for her instead mm, of Jack now. Yeah. Even though Jack is pretty good because he has that aloofness that he can pull off and do that stuff. But she has kind of that, people don't know she's a serious pirate yet. Right. Or even know or think of her as a pirate. Right. So. She's still a young girl in their eyes. Yeah. You know, or, high society, governor's daughter type. Yeah. That kind of thing. But as you said a number of episodes back, I think this was referring to the new pirate lady at Disneyland. It's... Red? Yeah, red. Now, little girls can have a role model to grow up and be pirates, too. Exactly. It's like, ah, yes. Just what every parent wants. A little girl to grow up and be a pirate. A Somali pirate. <laughs> Sail the seas and just rob yachts. Ah, Dreams for kids. <laughs> Parents, dreams for kids. Yeah. So that's all I got. Being role models for girls to engage in piracy. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Great take out of this <laughs> minute. Send your kid to pirate school. And I think there was actually there pirate was a pirate school at the, school at the NorCal at the, Pirate yep, Festival. Yep. All those kids are going to be out on the open ocean stealing from people. <laughs> stealing ships, marooning them. Uh, I don't they think had they, sword play and all kinds of stuff. I don't think they've realized what they're uh, getting their kids into, training them to be pirates. Probably not. There was a gun range there because they're modernizing it. <laughs> you can shoot people. No, they didn't really have that. It was old school pirates. So that's all I got, really. Okay, that's it for me. We'll be back on Wednesday, minute 92 of Dead Man's Chest. And until then, scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum and keep training your kids to be pirates, for God's sakes. Arr! Well, that kind of pirate, not Somali pirate types. No, we not like the yeah. modern pirates. Yeah. Or not pirates for software stealing in movies. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do That's that either. That's just bad. Bad form. Good job. Woohoo! Well, I look out the window and oh, what do I see? The breezes are blowing the leaves from the trees. Everything is free. Everything but me. You've been listening to the Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Hello. 
Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed. Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and season two is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew Listeners Group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.